Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So if you're watching this show, you probably know what I know, that Donald Trump had every right to do what he did on January 6th, before, during, and after. He did nothing wrong. Zero. Zero. This man is innocent in this case and the other three or four sham cases against him. But we can't just sit back and, you know, wait for the exoneration or wait for the Supreme Court. The other side is busy at work and they're busy lying. Actually, it's easy when they lie. You know, lies are very easy to disprove. We just showed the evidence. What's strange about this case and worrisome is they're actually charging Donald Trump. They're accusing him of things that he actually did, but they're not illegal. Jack Smith is more clever than I thought. However, I don't think this is gonna last, all right? He issued a, um, a nine-page like notification to the court uh, about all the evidence he's going to submit. And some of the evidence goes all the way back to 2012. Um, here's the thing. This stuff that I have gone through methodically, I'm not a lawyer, but I can read, and this is not a crime. None of this stuff is criminal. But I do believe they can probably fool some poor slobs in Washington, D.C., that this stuff is a crime, even though it isn't, all right? Now, number one, it looks very important, this document, right? Because it is the United States of America versus Donald J. Trump. Ooh, wow. Already, the media love it. Special counsel Jack Smith outlining a new argument he plans to use in former President Trump's election interference case. Prosecutors outlined the evidence they plan to use against Donald Trump in the federal election interference case against him. Tuesday's filing gives a roadmap to the trial set to begin March 4th. A new court filing in one of those cases makes it clear that special counsel Jack Smith is going to place the blame for the violence on January 6th squarely on Donald Trump. Wow, it sounds terrible. A roadmap. Oh, boy. But I followed the map, and it's a whole lot of nothing. And where's the conservative media? You know, I understand it's a pain in the neck to go through all this stuff and to absorb it and to actually make graphics to show people that what he's accused of here is actually, these are not crimes. I'm going to show you right now. None of this stuff is criminal. And too many people are just saying, well... Trump's going to be all right. He's got lawyers. Uh, he's going to be fine. He's Trump. No, not necessarily. We've got to help. And conservative media have to step up and get in the weeds on this stuff. Nobody's above this, okay? It counts. It means something. So here we go. Let's go through these, the new evidence, the roadmap. Now, I have to point out, as early as November of 2012, 2012! They're going all the way back to 2012. The defendant issued a public tweet making baseless claims. 
He was talking about the election of Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. He didn't like the way it was done, and he tweeted about it. That, folks, is not a crime. They're suggesting that this is criminal. Next, please. The defendant repeatedly refused to commit to a peaceful transition of presidential power if he lost the election. Here we have a prosecutor trying to illegalize political speech. A question can be answered however the subject wants to answer the question, especially in politics, especially when the question is coming from a reporter at Playboy magazine. Win, lose, or draw in this election. Will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? And there has been rioting in Louisville. There's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you commit uh, to making sure that there's a no, peaceful wanna, transferal of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Yeah, that is actually a reasonable answer. Uh, the reporter is from Playboy magazine. I just think this this question is actually noted in in the filing. Brian Karam from Playboy magazine and. Let's go back to the filing. It actually outlines this question. Win, lose, or draw in this election in light of rioting in many cities? Yeah, win, lose, or draw. So if the president wins the election, he has to commit to a peaceful transfer of power. If he ties the election, he has to commit to a peaceful transfer of power. Uh, that peaceful transfer of power may come or may have come in 2025 after he finishes second term. This is political speech. You can't illegalize this stuff. All right. Uh, next, please. It says, in the presidential debate, I'm sorry, it's wordy, but we got to do this. On October 19, 2016, the defendant was asked whether he would accept the results of that election, to which he responded that he would look at it at the time. <laughs> the debate moderator followed up. Now, you know who the debate moderator is? Wallace, the horrible Chris Wallace. Yep. There's a tradition in this country, in fact, one of the prides of this country, is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, that the loser concedes to the winner, not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country. Are you saying you're not prepared now to commit what to I'm that principle? What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris. So this is evidence. They consider this evidence of criminal activity. Back to the filing. The defendant responded in a presidential debate. What I'm saying is what I'll tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. OK, see the top part. And they say that this is admissible evidence. Lots of people want to keep their options open, depending upon what happens on Election Day after Florida, the year 2000. Right. Toss up elections. Who knows? You know who doesn't commit to anything along these lines? Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win. How about that, huh? 
Don't consider. She's not. Pro is that a crime? What about her co-conspirator there, Jennifer Palmieri? Huh? She's all about not conceding, no matter what. No matter what. Uh, should they be indicted? Of course not. This is political speech, and it's okay. But you see how unfair this is. Let's go back to this. Uh, oh, on November fourth, twenty twenty, the campaign employee exchanged a series of text messages with an attorney supporting the campaign's Election Day operations. Now, it's an anonymous campaign employee. I thought, well, maybe the campaign employee is at the White House or election headquarters or somewhere very close to the president. The campaign employee is at a location, the TCF Center in Detroit. I don't think President Trump knew anything about this guy, but let's see if it is remotely important. It's not. Heads up. The campaign employee encouraged rioting and other methods of obstruction when he learned that the vote count was trending in favor of the defendant's opponent. Nothing to do with Trump, by the way. The government will also show around the time of these messages an election official at the TCF Center observed that Biden, that as Biden began to take the lead, a large number of untrained individuals flooded the TCF Center and began making illegitimate and aggressive challenges to the vote count. Jack Smith spent a lot of time in Europe. I don't know about this man's brain, but I do know this. What you're about to see outside the TCF Center on November 4th of 2020, this is constitutionally protected assembly and free speech. Does that look like they're uh, about to burn the place down? I mean, maybe people... Maybe people at the Wall Street Journal would never do anything like this, but this is fine. This is in the First Amendment. You're allowed to do this stuff. You also notice the date, November 4th, 2020. And they just said that they knew they lost the election. Is that here? I'm sorry. A12. Yeah. A12. The evidence is admissible to demonstrate that the defendant, his co-conspirators and agents had knowledge that the defendant had lost the election. This is referring, they showed up on November 4th because they knew they had lost the election. The election wasn't over on November 4th. It wasn't over on November 5th. It wasn't over on November 6th. Just ask the fake news. They, they did not call this election until Saturday, the Saturday after the Tuesday election. And this is a CBS News special report. I'm Nora O'Donnell at CBS News, and we are coming on the air with breaking news at this hour. CBS News projects that Joe Biden has been elected the 46th president of the United States. She really likes saying CBS News, right? Got her hair done all special, all those decorations, all that special stuff. They can't take it back. It's so official. They didn't say it until November 7th, all right? So nobody won the election on November 4th. And you know what? It's okay. CBS News declared it. Who are they? Who the heck are they? Who are the Associated Press? These are private institutions. These electoral votes had not been assembled or anything like that. It's not up to the media to call the election. But it wasn't over on November 4th. And I don't think it was over on November 7th. All right. So where does that take us? Ah. The indictment provides evidence that the defendant repeatedly sidelined advisors and officials who told him or the public the truth 
about the election results. Now, this is something that is not in the Constitution. Only the president is mentioned in the Constitution. The deputy White House counsel is not mentioned in the Constitution. Donald Trump is famous for ignoring the advice of his advisors. That's how he became president in the first place, right? He didn't do anything according to tradition. And when that Access Hollywood tape came out, remember? Remember what a dark weekend that was? At least until the debate on Sunday and he turned it totally around. Uh, everybody was telling him to get out of the race. Reince Priebus, the head of the Republican Party, basically gave him an ultimatum. You must get out of this race. You're going to lose. Republicans all over the place were dropping him. And what did he do? He showed up at that debate. He beat Hillary Clinton. You know, he's the president of the United States. He's not the, he is not obligated to take advice from advisors. They can advise and he can believe they're wrong or know they're wrong. All right. Oh, here's this. What else did he do? They're trying to say this stuff is criminal and it's not. You're seeing that, right? Trump, into the summer of 2021, six months after January 6th, retaliated against the former chief counsel of the Republican National Committee for publicly refuting the defendant's lies about election fraud. All right, keep going here. The government will also introduce evidence of continued retaliation against the chief counsel for publicly speaking the truth about the falsity of the defendant's claims. Hmm. Finally, in the summer of 2021, Trump took to Twitter to publicly attack the chief counsel over the same issue. All right, who is this guy? Who is the deputy counsel over there at the Republican National Committee? Justin Ron, who cares? He's some guy. He's got a Twitter account. Delete your account if you don't want to have an argument on Twitter. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Just all right, where are we? Uh, show me the next one here. The defendant has established a pattern of using public statements and social media posts to subject his perceived adversaries to threats and harassment. This is a very misleading statement, right? To, to subject, put it up again full. It's not that he's attacking, right? His media posts subject his perceived adversaries to threats and harassment. Trump isn't doing it. Others are doing it. You see what I mean? This is, this is so terrible. This is so not illegal. Now I have to show you something else. We're going to go to the, I think that's the, the debate, back to the debate. The government plans to introduce evidence from the period in advance of the charged conspiracies that demonstrates the defendant's encouragement of violence, encouragement of violence. And, well, here it is. Um, at that debate in 2020, remember the stand back and stand by moment? This is it. This is what they think, folks, is encouraging violence. Hit the tape. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland? Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right you like me to white supremacists and right proud boys. Proud boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. <laughs> you know, now that we're seeing anti-Semitism all over the place, doesn't it put 
white supremacy in perspective. Where's the white supremacy? Anti-Semitism is real. White supremacy, I hate it, but it's non-existent. A couple of guys in the woods or in jail. Anti-Semitism is real. I'm glad he said stand back and stand by because I think he was temporarily confused and then realized on some level that the Proud Boys are not white supremacists, okay? That is a lie. It is a total and complete lie. Enrique Tarrio, I'll have something to say about him later, happens to be Afro-Cuban, and he's in jail now, I don't believe fairly at all. And what does this guy, Jack Smith, what does he complain about? Members of the group embrace the defendant's words as an endorsement and printed merchandise with them as a rallying cry. You know, if I got a shout out from the president of the United States during a debate, I might put it on a T-shirt, too. This is not illegal. This is political. You're allowed to do it. You want to see something that's illegal? This is illegal. And it came from Chuck Schumer. This, and you'll agree, I mean, I, this is against the law. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Okay, so we got stand back and stand by to that, hmm? Or, or another famous uh, quote from January 6th? I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. <laughs> Who are you going to arrest? Who are you going to charge? Look at what they have done. You see how it's all rigged? Ugh. They're fooling people. And some people just don't give a damn, I guess. Hey, I got to go back. A24, the defendant continued to falsely attack two Georgia election workers, despite being on notice that his claims about them in 2020 were false and had subjected them to vile, racist, and violent threats and harassment. Again, kind of clever, trying to imply that, you know, if you look at it real quick, that Trump was engaged in the vile, racist attacks. He wasn't. It's a big country. We got all kinds of crazy people here, great people and crazy people. And as far as those election workers, I think they were exploited, and I think they showed up at those January 6th hearings with instructions to look pathetic, and they sure did. This turned my life upside down. Um, I no longer give out my business card. I don't transfer calls. I um, don't want anyone knowing my name. I don't want to go anywhere with my mom because she might yell my name out over the grocery aisle or something. I don't go to the grocery store at all. I haven't been anywhere um, at all. I wouldn't want my mother yelling my name in the grocery store either. She used to do that in the department store. When I went into the dressing room when I was a kid. I was mortified. Who are these people? Get with it. Get a hold of yourself. This is fake. And I saw them in a much... I don't know. If they were so afraid of public attention, why do they show up at the White House and get those gold medals? These women uh, got gold medals along with Fanon and the other uh, characters from January 6th. Gold medals. What do they do for those gold medals? Do they just get tweeted about by Trump? Is that it?
kind of makes you wonder. All right, A25, please. It reads, uh, back to Jack Smith's document, as set forth in the indictment during the charge conspiracy, the defendant and his co-conspirators spread knowing lies about the election workers and inspired death threats against them. Inspired death threats. How do you inspire a death threat? It's, you see, you know Taxi Driver, the movie? I think we have a still from the movie, De Niro, Jodie Foster. That movie inspired, we're told, John Hinckley to try to shoot Ronald Reagan, right? Crazy people do crazy things. We can't all talk like, well, the wrong word will make some crazy person do something crazy. We're, we're grown-ups. We can talk like grown-ups. But we still shouldn't talk like Chuck Schumer. What he did... Never forget, a man threatened a Supreme Court justice with bodily harm and encouraged others to hurt him. It's a thousand times clearer and more direct, this whole nonsense about inspiring others on Twitter, whatever. Chuck Schumer did that. Trump didn't. A27 and this nonsense about Vice President Pence, so sick of him. The government will introduce such evidence to further establish the defendant's knowledge that his public attacks on officials, like those on his vice president, could foreseeably lead to threats, harassment, and violence. Could foreseeably lead to threats, again, Chuck Schumer yelling at the top of his lungs. You know, Donald Trump never threatened, never even spoke harshly about uh, Mike Pence. This is about as intense as it got. Listen. He looked at Mike Pence, and I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All he has to do, all in, this is, this is from the number one or certainly one of the top constitutional lawyers in our country. He has the absolute right to do it. He's hopeful. He's hoping. It's not threatening him. He's ho Can you hope? Can't we keep hope alive? I'm not done with this thing. I'll be right back. Millions of Americans like you are watching Newsmax for the news they really need to know. And I'm one of them. Each night, watch Newsmax for great shows with Greta Van Susteren, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Sunday nights, don't forget to check out my show, Huckabee. It's informative and a lot of fun, just like me. So tune into Newsmax today. It's real news for real people. Remember, he had every right. He did nothing wrong on January 6th, before, during, and after. Uh, they're accusing him of what he did but they're actually trying to say that it was illegal, even though it was totally legal. And this whole part, remember, the, in yellow, inspired death threats. How do you inspire death threats? Constitutionally protected political speech, no, you can't illegalize it, no matter how much you bend, stretch, or throw out the law. I mean, I could say Barack Obama inspired death threats. When he was elected president, I'm told by uh, Ron Kessler in his book, uh, that the rate of threats against the president increased 400%. Just his presence in the White House. Could that have subjected people who were closely to the president to increased threat, I suppose, in his presence? But you see how flimsy and silly this is? All right. 
back to uh, 829, if you don't mind. Even after it was incontrovertibly clear that the defendant's public false claims targeting individuals caused them harassment and threats, uh, next please, the defendant persisted, meaning that the jury may properly infer that he intended that result. You know, they do have a D.C. jury, and I'm told that they are very, very uh, pliable. Is that the goal here, huh? To fool people who can be easily fooled? Could they try something like that? And then there's this. They really don't like this about President Trump. In the years since January 6th on the Capitol, the attack on the Capitol, the defendant has openly and proudly supported individuals who criminally participated in obstructing the congressional certification. All right. I'm going to step aside from that verbiage and say that President Trump, as we all know, has supported those wrongly prosecuted and incarcerated for stuff on January 6th. So many people, they didn't hurt anybody, they didn't break anything, and yet they're in jail. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can say for every single one because a couple of them probably they got out of control. I would say it will be a large portion of them. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. I call them the J6 hostages. Not prisoners. I call them the hostages. What's happened? And it's a shame. And Jack Smith actually has a problem with that. In this document, calling them hostages, that's somehow, that's somehow a crime. That's somehow criminal activity. This is, this is one of the reasons why we love the guy, why we love Trump. He hasn't forgotten these people. He's not buying this prosecution. Some people who broke things and hurt people for real... That's got to be dealt with. But there are a lot of people who didn't do anything wrong who have had their lives broken. And they can't stand it. They can't stand this about Trump. Uh, back to the document. During a September 17th, 2023 appearance on Meet the Press. Goodness gracious. This year, for instance, the defendant said regarding Proud Boy leader Enrique Tarrio, who was convicted of seditious conspiracy, I want to tell you, he and other people have been treated Horribly. This is a political position. They are charging him for this stuff. They're, they're going to try to convict him with this. This, you are allowed to say, this is still America. Let's talk about potential pardons, because a lot of your supporters are wondering about that. Proud Boys uh, leader Enrique Tarrio was sentenced to 22 years in jail. Now that you know what the sentence is, 22 years yeah. in jail. Will you give him a pardon? Will Are you, you give other Proud Boys a pardon? I don't know him. I never met him. I never heard of him until I started reading this Will stuff. you pardon him? But I want to tell you, he and other people have been treated horribly. Antifa kills people, and those guys didn't even get tried in many cases. There's no They put these guys there. in jail for 17, 18, and 22 years. They didn't kill anybody. Some of them never even went into the Capitol. Some of them weren't even in D.C., and they got a 22 or a 17-year sentence. This is one of the many reasons why I'm all in with Trump. You know, everybody in the world is saying you can't have this opinion. Even conservative media have 
gone scared about January 6th, letting the left accuse people, good people, of criminal behavior when they're innocent. And Enrique Tarrio, let's talk about him. Talk about somebody who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody. He was in Baltimore on January 6th. Baltimore. He said, oh, he wanted to take over uh, the House office building. You know what? I've seen... I've seen those crazy, radical, pro-choice, pro-abortion people shut down Congress every other Thursday. It happens. He's in jail for more than 20 years, potentially. How does Enrique Tarrio, how does his mother feel? His mother's actually been on this show, a fine woman. And what's happening to these people, it's just so thoroughly un-American. And thank God President Trump is speaking up and, and putting putting himself out there and taking a risk. This, he's incurred risk. This, they're coming after him for this stuff. I have to go back to the document, wrapping up here. Similarly, the defendant, and I'm sorry it's wordy, but stay with me here. The defendant has chosen to publicly and vocally support the January 6th choir. They have a problem with this. A group of defendants held at the District of Columbia jail, many of whose criminal history and or crimes on January 6th were so violent that their pretrial release would pose a danger to the public. Notice something. They're trying to, they're trying to fool people. Many of those with criminal and or crimes on January 6th were so violent. Not all, not some. How, they're playing a game. They're playing, a, they're trying to fool people. The defendant nonetheless has financially supported and celebrated these defenders, many of whom assaulted law enforcement on January 6th, most of whom did not, Jack Smith. How about this one? By prompting and playing their recording of the national anthem at political rallies and calling them hostages. Is this a crime? Then I'm guilty too. Hit it! Pledge allegiance to the flag of we the United to to States break. of America. You can find this online. It's so beautiful. God bless the president. God bless the January sixes, Sixers. And Jack Smith, you are one lost soul. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's TWC Health slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. 
All right, so you may have heard there was a mass shooting today. Three people killed, one person critically injured at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. The suspected shooter is dead. Uh, we see this a lot. We also see, you know what's going to come next on MSNBC and the rest. Calls for more gun control. It is a very tired discussion. You probably know how I feel. I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment. Not everybody is, but uh, whatever. Um, I'll tell you what. Something that is almost never discussed that I believe could be linked to this upsurge, uptick in violence that we definitely have seen over the past couple of years and certainly mass shootings. I mean, decades ago, we really didn't have them like we do today. Could this just have a little tiny bit to do with what's happening? Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6. Video games have come a long way or they've gone backwards. I don't know. When I was growing up, this was considered cutting edge technology. Did you have Pong? Uh, you know, the little light things that pushed the. Yeah, I, I thought that was very, very cool. And then it progressed. Uh, have we gone a little bit crazy? Maybe we have. Just maybe we have. I'd like to bring in Dr. Shari Swartz. She is professor of behavioral sciences and chair of social and criminal justice at the University of Arizona. Welcome, doctor. And Dr. Victor Fernari, vice chair, child and adolescent psychiatry at Cohen's Children's Medical Center. Welcome to you both. Uh, quite frankly, you know, uh, I'm not here to talk about guns. Uh, you can offer your opinion on that, but I... You heard my, my, my hypothesis, uh, probably not quite a hypothesis. You guys come up with those. But Dr. Schwartz, what do you think about video games and the potential tie to violence? Well, in psychological research, this is an issue that's been researched over and over and over since probably the 1960s. Albert Bandura, a social psychologist from Stanford, started researching it. And we know that there is a relationship between violent behavior, aggressive behavior, and the consumption of violent media. Back in those days, there weren't these kinds of video games, but people were watching television shows with a lot of violence. And this is when parents started to become concerned. And so it's continued continued to be researched with, in fact, games like Grand Theft Auto. We know there's a relationship. We just don't know if the games are causing added violence or if people who have a predilection toward violent, aggressive behavior drive the, um, the market for these types of media. Very interesting. Uh, Dr. Fernari, uh, how do you feel? And I'm thinking of back to the, the 1970s, you know, the Rockford Files was on TV. I guess Starsky and Hutch was a little bit edgy, but it's certainly nothing like Grand Theft Auto and the rest. Well, first of all, I think it's very important that the conversation be made open. There's clearly something very addictive about the relationship between technology, whether it's video games, the smartphones, as well as all the other media that our youth are exposed to in social media. And we know that it really does uh, relate to the release of dopamine, which is highly related to the pleasure and is very addictive. So we think that certainly we're concerned that parents need to monitor the amount of time youth spend on all technology, including playing video games, particularly those with aggressive themes like the ones you're describing. And although the research may be equivocal about directly linking aggression to the video games, we do know that those youngsters who are predisposed to inattention, impulsivity, and aggression may be increased influenced 
by these games. So they need, really need to be monitored closely. And I encourage parents to really be mindful about the, what their kids are doing with technology. You know, in the 80s, I remember Tipper Gore, of all people, wife of Senator Al Gore, talking about lyrics and songs. She was a Democrat. That was considered uh, that was a hot topic. No one is ever, no one's talking about this anymore. It was discussed for a little while, I think, in the 90s, the early aughts. And Dr. Shari Schwartz, uh, quite frankly, in mainstream circles, it's not discussed. Why is that? Well, I think, you know, what we see discussed in the news are the, the hot topics, the agenda that whoever, whichever side is trying to push, right? And so it's not a convenient discussion if you want to use the, the mass shootings as a platform to rail against uh, guns, right? And and you want gun control and then vice versa. So, and also parents don't really want to necessarily believe that what's going on in their home might somehow be linked with this type of behavior. Dr. Fernari, I just saw a glimpse there. I mean, there was a video game where the shooter is a mass shooter. <laughs> I mean, that that's like the game right there. And you mentioned it's equivocal and I understand maybe the data, but putting aside whatever data or scientific method needs to be established to establish a connection, I think there's a connection. I mean, it's just hard to believe that there couldn't be when I'm looking at this stuff right now. Well, certainly having it be glorified as a model to play games without any concern about what it represents in terms of, you know, social conscious and morality, clearly for those of us who understand what this unleashed aggression represents, I, I believe it's a source of grave concern. I really did prefer Asteroids. It was just so simple and kind of fun. Uh, I don't even know how to play these, uh, these games these days. Well, all right. Uh, it must, must more, uh, we need a bigger conversation, and I will do my part. Dr. Shari Schwartz, thank you very much. And Dr. Victor Fernari, thank you. And we will be right back. Uh, there's polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans to admit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it was just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their lies. business associates? I did not. There's well, lies. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to comment. Then he comments. I did not. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. These are not lies. Even from Democrats, we know that these are not lies. Um, we know about the email uh, from the Burisma official who thanked Hunter for introducing him to his father, Vice President Joe Biden at the time. We have that. It's on the record. What else do we have? Ah, yes, Devin Archer. Devin Archer said that Joe Biden routinely called in and, yes, engaged with Hunter's and Devin's business associates on speakerphone. And Dan Goldman, who's turning out to be one clown of a congressman, <laughs> talks a bit too much. Even he confirms that Joe Biden was conferring, uh, talking at least with Hunter's business associates overseas. Confirmed, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there is no specifics about business. 
and it just seemed like it was clear about that it was clear that that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father, um, and it was and and sounds like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the, the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was. The whole point for Hunter was I can get my dad on the phone. Watch. Hey, Joe Biden, is this Democrat congressman a liar, too? Huh? Busted again. We'll be right back. Did you know that Newsmax has a great magazine? We do. Newsmax, it's independent, it's American, and it's monthly. You're looking at December's cover, Iran, the great danger to America, to Israel, and beyond. Ken Chandler is the executive editor of Newsmax Media. Ken, welcome, and congratulations on what looks like to be another awesome issue. Thank you, Greg. Great to be with you. You bet. All right. The uh, the cover this this month must have been a no brainer, uh, I guess. But no, I'm sorry. Well, why Iran? Why now? Well, the fact is that uh, it looks like we are at last on the verge of a war with Iran. Um, the fact is, that actually, uh, Iran has been at war with the United States and Israel for more than 40 years. Um, it started back in 1983 with the bombing of the uh, Marine barracks in Beirut, which killed 241 U.S. Marines. Um, there was a bombing of the embassy, which killed our CIA station chief. And, and this, this kind of war has been going on with Iran using its proxies, Hezbollah and Hamas. And of course, it all has culminated in the October 7th attack on Israel. So... Uh, this is very important stuff. And the magazine, by the way, how do we get the magazine? Because I have to tell you, reading a magazine, it's actually enjoyable. I mean, putting the screen down, it's an old-fashioned, no kidding, turn-the-pages magazine, and uh, it's like a little adventure. I genuinely really like it. Um, how do people get it? It's very easy. You go to Newsmax.com and just click on the, on the magazine link, and uh, you can get your subscription there. Newsmax has figured out a way to do this, uh, to inform and to entertain and to make money. <laughs> I would like to know if new magazines like this are possibly on the verge of coming back. You know, a lot of magazine, Time Magazine, I don't think you can get the magazine anymore. You know, it's just, it's just online. Everything's online. The paper edition, maybe you can just tell why the paper edition? I, I, is it because of what I just said? I, I, I really think it's, it's, it seems so new and different. <laughs> well, the fact is, Greg, that, you know, magazines are going out of business because they're stale and boring. You know, we've come up with something different. We approach things from a conservative perspective. We deal with stories that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've developed a huge following. I mean, we have uh, about 750,000 readers in the United States, which is huge in today's environment. Well, I look forward to uh, getting through all of this issue. There's stuff about health. There's stuff. Mike Huckabee has a really nice, uh, yeah. nice piece here. It's great stuff. Uh, you must be working on January's. How far ahead of the game do you have to be in the magazine business? I once, a long time ago, they were worried about, like, November in August. <laughs> uh, something tells me that the turnaround time is a, is a bit quicker here. Well, let's put it this way. I'm already into 2024, so Happy New Year. Okay, Happy New Year, Ken. <laughs> Go to Newsmax.com for the magazine. Uh, right, Ken? That's right, Newsmax.com. 
and uh, put in slash December if you like. That'll, that'll make it a little bit more efficient. Ken Chandler, who runs the place, thank you very, very much. We'll be right back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Until tomorrow, all the best.